50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to personally the episode that I have am the most excited for, I think, in the history of our us doing a podcast. <laughs> Come on. Okay, fine. You're actually nervous is the funny part. Like, she walked in and she was like, I'm really like, I'm really, let's go. She's like, I'm so nervous, but let's do it. I'm like, what the fuck are you nervous for? I have nervous energy. I feel like it's Jordan Gate all over again. I can't explain no. it. No, Julie. Come on. I'm not exaggerating. I don't think you understand. You watch so many more shows than I do, so you don't understand what it's like to connect to a show in the way that I did and then have to talk about it in a way where you sound coherent when I just, I, my thoughts aren't even coherent. I have so many. <laughs> Let's get into them then. Okay. Did so, we even say what we're doing or are you just assuming everyone knows? Because I don't think we've said the words love is blind once. <laughs> I'm about to intro it. I'm sorry. Okay. So what this episode, or at least what we hope for this episode to be, and I can already tell it's going to be really messy because we just have so much excitement, which is totally fine. But the goal of this episode is basically to be a love is blind reunion recap discussion, kind of our thoughts in the most cohesive manner, although that feels almost impossible. Yeah, cohesive seems like uh, there's just no way. Maybe forget the fact that we said cohesive. <laughs> well, you guys know us. Typically, we outline things so clearly. And for this one, we really struggled with how to outline it because there was just so much to discuss. But we'll see what happens. But I should throw out a spoiler alert, although I feel that that's kind of obvious. And also, do yourself a favor, watch the reunion before you listen to this, because I just think it'll be more of an enjoyable experience. I agree. What do you think? No, I so agree. Also, we just wanted to paint a little bit of a picture. There was this really interesting article from The Cut called, Here's How the Dating on Love is Blind Actually Worked by this woman, Madeline Aguilar. And she referenced this women's health article where they spoke with Rory. Because, you know, I think that one of the flaws of the show was that they didn't necessarily give us the background that we deserved in terms of how it worked. I actually disagree. I think it was the best part of the show. <laughs> I think the fact that not one thing was explained made the show what it was because it seemed like every single thing that happened was an absolute surprise. It seemed like everything that took place was not meant to take place. Yeah. Because essentially what happened was they explained the rules of the show and they were like, okay, you're going to go into these pods and you're going to talk and then you're going to get married. And there was no explanation of like, here, Here's how it will work. If you want to meet a person in a pod, do this. If, if Here's how we'll pick for you to talk to. Here's how we'll narrow it down. None of that took place. When you went into the first episode, you had no idea whether the pods were going to be all of the episodes of the show or they were just going to be three episodes or two episodes or one. It made the show so chaotic, and I think that's why it was so good. You know, I actually think you're right. Like, I felt like we were just as blind as they were. Yes. I, I had no idea what I was going to get. Was was I going into the pod? Like, what was happening is kind of how I felt. Right. How'd they end up there? How'd they know to go into the pods? How'd they know who they were talking to? Yeah, it was a free-for-all, really. How'd they know who was in what pod when they walked? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So one of the contestants on the show was this guy, Rory, and we didn't really see too much of him in the actual show in terms of a dating perspective, but he was kind of the voice of reason. He was the guy that the guys spoke to to kind of, you know, when Barnett's going through his mental breakdown, Rory's there. He, to me, felt like safety. Right. Is that true? So he spoke to Women's Health, and he explained that there was some sort of a method to this madness. And I felt like we wanted to start the episode by explaining this in case anybody is unfamiliar, because it paints a very clearer picture as to how this was even possible. Right. Right? So basically, it started with 15 men and 15 women. And after each contestant had met with every person of the opposite gender, they would rank who they liked the most. So the producers then cross-referenced everyone's list, and they progressively cut the number of dates down, so from 15 to 8 to 2. And as the number of dates dropped, the time spent with each person increased. So on your initial dates, you're spending maybe 30 minutes. 
you then start to spend hours and hours and hours. This is from his Women's Health um, interview. So, quote, We ended up spending 19 or 20 hours a day just talking, Rory said of Danielle, the woman to whom he would eventually propose. I started to realize there were parts of me, walls I put up, and I didn't even know they were there. I wasn't even aware of them, and they were just blown up. I was crying the whole time. It was this crazy emotional experience. The what he was explaining was that the hours weren't just talking, weren't just drinking wine. They, The producers gave each contestant activities to keep them occupied. So, for example, Barnett, they gave a ukulele. Like, Rory said what he painted or something, right? Yeah. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. They wanted them to feel, like, engaged and not bored. Did you feel, like, having read this, that that's what was going down in the pods? Like, is that what you thought was happening? No. I don't know what I thought because I also didn't understand the pods' relation to their home. Like, how close were the living quarters to the pods? Could you just go out and go onto the couch if you wanted to? I still don't get like, it. Like, I still don't fully get it, but this gave us a little more context. So he said, the article says, um, if you don't remember Rory's painting or his engagement, it's because they never got any airtime. Basically, what happened was that, and he told them, the experiment turned out to be so successful. By experiment, we mean, like, the successes of the early pod relationships, that it took the producers by surprise. And Rory, for example, proposes to Danielle, and the producers are like, listen, like, I'm sorry, here are your phones. Like, have a nice life. We literally don't have the capacity to film these things because the producers did not expect that it was going to go as well as it did. They basically expected there was going to be maybe two proposals, and they had planned to, like, follow five couples. Like, that was the absolute max of what they planned to be able to handle. But they didn't even think there were going to be five. And there ended up being eight total. That is so crazy. It's the craziest thing to be in. It really is. It's it's like, basically what happened was they did rush. Yes. And it just went really well. It went really well. They got everybody that they wanted to recruit. It's like they got the best pledge class ever. (laughs) But that's even how, like, the pods were. Like, they weren't in love. They were just rush crushes. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I felt. So... Anyway, that's just kind of to set the scene. And basically, you know, if you really like someone, you're down to your last two people, you could be spending 16 hours a day easily. Yeah. Which is wild. I, and the, But here's my thing with the show, is that what I said was, I would have rather more episodes being taken place in the pods. Like, I would have rather had more times to observe the couple at the pods than have seen the aftermath of the way they lived. I totally agree with you. Also, that's kind of my complaint in general. I felt like... Even on the reunion, like, why was it only, what, 50-something minutes? It's like, what I want to say to them is, you guys, we are here for it. Any piece of content you put out, we're going to watch. You could have made that reunion two hours. I would have been there for every single minute of it. But even the episodes didn't need to be longer. They could have had more episodes. Yeah, or could have had more episodes. I felt like, yeah. But that's why the show seemed so crazy is because for what was them, for was like maybe like 40 hours total spent in time or more, like I'm depending on it. It seems like it was 30 minutes that they knew each other to us. It was like day one, day two, engaged. Yeah, which is why, but my thing is, I'm so shocked that the, the show was as successful as it was because of that. Like, how did we become so invested in these people that we didn't even think formed that real of a connection? Maybe that's why. I think it's because we never thought they formed that real of a connection that we were like, what the fuck is going to happen now? Yeah. It was one for the books. Anyway, the reunion came out at 3 a.m. this morning. And you know damn well I was watching that by 6 a.m. Literally, I texted you at 7. I was like, you got to watch. Yeah, and I rolled out of bed (laughs) at noon. But anyway, so they start by asking, like, you know, Nick and Vanessa, raise your hand if you're single. Raise your hand if you're in a relationship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So just to paint the picture, Lauren and Cameron are still together, still married. Amber and Marnett still together, still married. Nobody else is together, although Kenny does have a girlfriend. We're going to get into all of these in detail. And in kind of a shocking turn of events, Janina and Damien actually did get back together. Not engaged, but they're dating again. Right. Which, as we'll get into, was quite the shock. Yeah. So... Talking about the reunion, which, by the way, Julie and I have not spoken about until this moment. Not even one thing of it. Instead of starting with the Big Bang, let's get ourselves, let's lead up there, okay? Okay. Kenny and Kelly, which kind of they were like mom and dad the whole time, right? Yeah. We kind of always just thought this was it for both of them. Although she was very upfront the whole time that she just like didn't really want to have sex with him, wasn't that attracted, was afraid she wasn't going to orgasm. Like the list kind of went on and he was like, this is the love of my life. He was such a little sweetheart. By the way, class act. Yes. After, I mean, so was she. I, I liked her, her mom really liked him, remember? 
Well, that's the best part about it, that after she leaves the altar, he has to stand up there. He makes a speech to the fa- friends and family, and her mom turns around. He's like, God, I really like this guy. Like, what? Like, what? Anyway, on the reunion, they're asking them, and, you know, Kenny, I, tell me if you got this vibe or not. And I he, I don't think he's this type of person, and I think he, you know, probably was just being honest, but I kind of felt like he was pushing his new relationship that he's in so intensely, like, I've never been happier. Yeah. Yes, I have. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't blame him, though. I don't blame him either, but he was thrilled to be there, like, thrilled to tell the world that he was in a very committed relationship good with for someone him. he loves. Oh, I felt good for him. Yeah, good for him. What was interesting, though, was how Kelly was saying that the guys, you know, she she notices that these really great guys, she often friend zones, and she kind of goes for the wrong people. And when she started hysterically crying, you know, one could argue it was because she felt bad that she hurt him. I, there's a part of me that thinks that she feels like she messed up. Oh, yeah. You don't let somebody like Kenny go to waste. Yeah, she really just let him. <laughs> yeah. You don't let someone like Kenny go to waste. Yeah. I mean, it's not her fault if she wasn't that attracted to him. I totally get that. But I think she's starting now to realize, like, is this just a trend in my life? Am I just attracting the wrong people? Yeah. I mean, if anything, the show really, I I think, uh, made them recognize a lot of harsh truths about themselves. Oh, I cannot wait to get into that. Yeah. I mean, that was the, that's the best part of the show. That's the best part of the whole show. And especially on the reunion, having them watch it back was just... Painful. It's cr- so cringeworthy to have them, to have to have them watch back their worst moments. To have to have Amber, Barnett, and Jessica in one room watching Jessica flirting with Barnett while he is engaged to Amber. Truly, truly, I can't think of anything worse. Listen, I love Nick and Vanessa as much as the next guy. I do, truly. But Andy Cohen should have hosted the shit out of that. Because... You know what? Jessica and Amber, they would have thrown down. I, yep. Yes. We needed Andy there. Their buttons weren't pushed enough. No, they cut. But, okay, this is what I was saying before you got here. I felt like watching the reunion, there was so much editing. Like, I felt like it pro- they probably filmed for hours and hours and hours, and we got to see such a small portion of it. I think they may have potentially gone, out, gone at it more. I felt like, okay, here's what happened. Nick and Vanessa, what their roles were, were like, they were, they were like mom and dad, where they were trying to smooth everything over after the fact. But here's the thing, Jessica and Amber, never going to see each other again. Why do we need to smooth it over? It's not a Housewives reunion where they have to then go shoot another season of a show and be on good terms with each other. Like, why can't we just like instigate a little? Maybe I'm just a sociopath. Like, I wanted to instigate so badly. I wanted to sit there and make them watch that scene where she confronts her at the bachelorette party and she's like drunk in her face. That's what I I wanted, and I wanted Barnett to have to see that. What about the scene when Jessica says to Mark in bed, Barnett's, I think Barnett's so sexy. Yes, like give why, me that. Why was that not shown? I wanted more instigating. I wanted more instigating. I wanted more raw reactions. I agree with you, Julie. And this is typically not the way that I operate. I typically want things to like end on a good note. Who gives a shit? Right. Like, let's, let's ball it out. This is our last time you're ever going to be able to really brawl. Right. You're not going to give that to us? Like, for a show that was as dysfunctional as this one, I wanted the, like, and I was happy with the reunion because I was happy to see where everyone was, and I felt like we got a lot of our questions answered, but I just wanted the reunion to be as dysfunctional as the show was. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I mean, you know, before anybody even spoke, once you saw the seating, you could kind of get a vibe as to what was going on. Like, you see Lauren and Cameron on one side, and Amber and Barnett on one side, and you see Jessica and Mark as far apart as physically possible, which yeah. was just... Poor Mark. Yeah, okay. We got to just talk about that. By the way, Mark commented on our post like a couple days ago being like, hashtag love is blind, hashtag Mark is blind. So I guess he's in on the joke. Yeah, he has to be. First of all, you can't do a show like this and not be in on the joke if you're trying to like keep yourself sustainable after the fact. I think that what happened was that, like, the way that I feel is that Jessica went through enough hell having to watch the entire show back that Mark felt like respectful enough to not have to give it to her also. Like I think he he recognized how painful and and cringeworthy it was for her to just watch herself. He doesn't need to pile on. Cuz he was he held back. He didn't really say much. But it's not I don't think it's in his character too. I don't think so either. I guess what I'm saying is in addition to wanting to see Amber's reaction to Jessica confronting Barnett, I wanted to see Mark's reaction to the conversation Jessica was having with Barnett. Yeah. We never got to hear about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I do. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, you're right. Meanwhile, Barnett's in the middle. 
Yeah. Like, how and do Burnett, you, why don't you say something? He could, Julie, because he can't believe he got himself into the, this situation. And you want to know why it all happened? And like he said, it was because of the fucking choice of words that he used. I have... The way that I feel, to be honest, not that I don't empathize with Jessica, he never proposed to you. He never said he was going to propose. He said to her, if I were to ask you to marry me. And she took that as like, he's proposing. And that's why she was so upset. <laughs> Men all over the world are going to start using that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These girls are going to be expecting proposals for years. And they're going to be like, why did you even ask me? And he was like, it was a hypothetical. It was like, exactly. Barnett did it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was so weird is when we go back and we're seeing Jessica and Amber talking in the house about how the like how they both feel about him. Meanwhile, Amber, I think the whole time felt like she had it on lock. Yeah, I just okay. This is how I honestly feel. <laughs> it's how I honestly feel. I feel like you're whispering. Like you don't I'm realize sorry. other people I'm can sorry. hear you. I, Not a voice level thing. I just mean like oh, oh. no matter what you say, it's still going into the yeah. yeah. Because I have such strong thoughts and I'm trying so hard to be compassionate and empathetic to the situation. But watching that show, I felt like Barnett dodged the biggest bullet of his life by not being with Jessica. And I don't think she's, I think she's a smart woman. I think she has, is, you know, in certain ways self-secure. But I think this was like, to me, I could have watched the show of just Jessica. Forget about any men involved. Like truly just her evolution was the most fascinating part of this entire thing to me. Do you realize what we went through? Do you realize that she, no, seriously, do you realize that she walked in as the most put together, I'm, you know, regional manager at IBM, this, that, this, that, and the other. And then it comes across, she's feeding her dog wine and like going batshit crazy. Yeah, I mean, listen, I guess that's what, uh, Love is blind will do to you. That's what love is blind. That's what the pods did to her. I feel like what the pods did to Jessica was a social experiment within itself. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of how I felt. Do you feel that way with anybody else? No. I really don't. I think this threw her for a loop. I think she's so used to being able to control every single aspect of her life to to a degree that is almost probably some would consider unhealthy, but to her, I think it's what keeps her sane. And then she's sh thrown into the situation where she's not in control, really. And I don't think she could handle it. And I, I don't mean that as a negative. No. I, I think that any of us would have been that thrown off by not being able to control the situation. She acknowledged in the reunion that she, you know, recognized she was drinking too much, which I thought was... Yeah, that was also, like, such a nerves thing, I think. I think she felt so out of place that it was, like, her only... Well, she didn't, like, in the reunion when they, when she was talking about Mark, she said, like, you know, he's obviously a really attractive guy. Like, when nobody's ever asked her the hard-hitting question is, like, when she saw him for the first time, was she visible, like, was she internally just very unattracted? Um, I don't know. I, I do think she was disappointed, you mean? Yes, and I think the entire time after she was fighting it. Uh, yeah. No, I, here's what I think happened. I don't even know if, I think that the fact that she wasn't attracted to him physically didn't help, but I think that she fucked up so badly saying like no to Barnett in her mind that she said yes to to Mark because it was like, okay, here's option number two. Like it was very clear that this was option number two for her. And I think that had he come out and been somebody that she was physically attracted to, she would have been like, okay, at least I made the right choice there. But he came out and she wasn't physically attracted to him. And then it was like, okay. Well, oh, for two. <laughs> and then to really pour salt on the fucking wound when she sees Barnett. Yeah. Which, by the fucking way, is the craziest part of this whole show. Not only do you have to go through this insane experiment, also the people that you potentially fell in love with that said no to you, you're going to have to all be together in Mexico. That I loved. That was a whole other part of the show, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that could have been, like, the point of the show was, like, is love blind, okay? Like, let's do this experiment. Let's see if people love each other. But then what part of the show was also like, let's see if love is blind, if they're all put in the same place, having also dated each other. Like, do you see what I mean? How did we get there? How Why did we, did we get there? How did we get there? How was there? How was that not more? That could have been its own There's show. There's so many variables that like went into this whole, like, first of all, I love the idea of like a is love blind experiment, but there were so many other variables that went into it that like this had nothing to do with whether love was blind. This was more like, can you and your relationship withstand 
being together for only a couple of days and then all of these other things thrown into the mix. It had mm-hmm. nothing to do with blind. Yeah, that was just kind of the catalyst that got them to the situation they were in. Also, it's really easy to say, honestly, let's call a spade a spade. It's really easy to say love is blind when like everybody who came out was relatively attractive. Well, that's the other thing. Like they didn't have any, any yeah, exactly. Not not that everybody was like, knock it out of the park, but. Yeah, it's it, it's very easy to claim that when no one's like, oh God, what I get myself into. Right, but they, the producers wouldn't have done that. Right. Or the, or they or But they, boy would that have been fun. That would have been a ride. Yeah. No, that's so true. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer, and one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince cuz I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. I want to talk for a second about um, Amber and Barnett's dynamic in the reunion mm-hmm. and your thoughts on that. And also just kind of like your thoughts on their them as a couple one in the pods and in what we saw after and then until now. Like, how do you, what do you think the progression was like? The only way I can describe them as a couple is like, you know that couple from college that everyone would be like, oh, they love each other, but when are they going to break up? Mm -hmm. Like, that's how I feel about them. Mm -hmm. Like, they have so much fun together. Like, you always see them together. They're like, everyone knows them, but it's like, okay, how much longer are we going to keep this up for? Right, right. That's how I feel about them. Not to say they don't love each other, I think they do love each other. I think they have a lot of fun. But the the way they are with each other doesn't feel like... When you see Lauren and Cameron together, you're like, oh my God, they really love each other. Like, this fucking worked for them. I don't get that feeling when I see Amber Barnett. I'm just like, let's watch this play out. Well, I think... I totally agree with you, by the way. And I actually like watching them together. I mean, that was our joke, like, sex if we died to see. Yeah. But I... My I, I so agree with that, actually. My thing with them is, like, I think for Barnett... He's like, wow. Like, yes, she's intense, and I know she self-admittedly can get a little crazy, but, like, she's super fucking chill. She does not—he can be as much of his fratty guy self as he yeah. wants to, and she does not—she's so I mean, down for that. And I think that that, as for right now, is something that he's like, I can't believe this is too good to be true. No, I agree with that. Well, I think that, like, first of all, they're both young. They're 26 and 27. And I think that you have to be relatively chill to want to marry somebody that you know— you just know he still smells like chocolate axe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's just the vibe he gives. Like, you can't—you have to be relatively chill to be with somebody like that and to marry somebody like that. And that's obviously what he was looking for, and that's why they that's why they work. But does it work on a deeper level? Like, does it work when there are kids in the mix? Does it work when there's, like, actually hard times to go through and not just, like, a Netflix press tour? I don't know. I don't know. I think she is so deeply into him, though. Yeah. Like, I think if it weren't to work out, it would be more on his end than on hers. What do you feel about that? Um, yeah. I don't, because, like, I don't get the vibe, though, that she's, like, so obsessed and that she's blind to any issues. Like, I think that she's, like, a little, like, I think if they were to fight, she's going to fight back. And she's going to, like, you know. Um, but I think if they were to officially call it off, it would, yeah, it would probably be him. I think so, too. Although, I, although she was the one that said that she, like, called a divorce lawyer at one point. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I am I am into them. I can't help it. Like, I. Yeah, duh. I, I, I like it. Is it the deepest thing? Is it, like, the way I feel about Lauren and Cameron? Absolutely not. But I, if they had a spinoff show, would I watch it? Fuck yeah. In a heartbeat. Which, by the way, unplanned and seamless transition, there are a lot of rumors that Lauren and Cameron are getting their own show. 
which I didn't realize ahead of time until I went to see her Instagram. Like, Lauren, I think, aspires to be some sort of a personality. Like, Cameron, as far as we know, he's a, quote, scientist. He's just thrown into this. But what I, does a scientist mean? Yeah. They're, they're, oh, this is a very good time. Okay. It's like the big joke. We, are, we literally cannot keep one thing straight. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> Are you concerned I'm asking our producer a, li- a little? <laughs> Not even a little. Okay. Terrence. So Chrissy Teigen started us off by tweeting, the job titles on Love is Blind are so broad. General manager, like of a baseball team or a Ralph's. Scientist, why even tell us anything? Which I think so perfectly exemplified what we were all thinking. And this angel in our Patreon group named Emma Curtis literally just researched them on her own and posted. So I'm going to read you the research she found out because I think it's important. On the show, Amber was described as an ex-tank mechanic. Her LinkedIn title says, waitress at country barbecue, which we know now she's no longer a cocktail waitress because Barnett was too uncomfortable by it. But what is she? She didn't say. <laughs> Potentially unemployed. But did, this is not what she said on the reunion? But what was he uncomfortable about? She didn't specify, but I think she, it was like potentially the men environment. I'm not saying this is a, a oh, viewpoint that I agree with. Because the way I felt was that like, she didn't want to be dependent on him financially, correct? Like she, doesn't. she felt too okay, so now she doesn't have a job? Yeah. So you see how the, I know you exactly. see the confusion yes, there? I, well, that's that was her whole thing. She was like, I was a, a cocktail waitress. It made him too uncomfortable, so I stopped doing it and becoming financially independent, becoming financially dependent on him was something that I wasn't used to and I didn't like. I don't know what she's doing now, but I, the vibe the, my understanding of it was that he was uncomfortable with the role because of some sort of like guy thing. Again, not that I agree with that, but that's how I felt. I'm just telling you. Okay, Matt's title on the show, engineer. On LinkedIn, he's the assistant project manager at New South Construction. Makes sense. Kind of exactly what I expected. He would look so hot, though, with like a hard hat and Tim's. Kenny. Show title, sales. LinkedIn title, lighting control sales manager at Team Lighting. Honestly, spot on. Wait, everyone's job makes so much sense. Literally spot on. Okay, Kelly. Show title, health coach. No LinkedIn, but she was doing multi-level marketing for Beachbody. Also, total sense. Giannina, show title, business owner. LinkedIn title, freelance social media consultant. But we can ask her if we hopefully suit her, right? Damien, show title, general manager. LinkedIn title, there is literally (laughs) nothing about this man. That's what she wrote. Yeah, she wrote. Question mark, question mark, question mark. I cannot find out anything about this man. Cameron, show title, scientist. LinkedIn title, founder at Alliance AI. Also makes total sense. You know he was doing something with artificial intelligence. Yeah. There was no world in which he wasn't. I think he said that, though, on the first episode. Oh, did he? he? says artificial intelligence, yeah. Lauren, show title, content creator. LinkedIn title, owner slash CEO at the Speed Brand LLC. By the way, sick last name. Sick last right? name. And her her, user, her Instagram is the need yeah, for Diamond sp- is shaking. I know. Shaking. What's her thing on Instagram? The need for L Speed or something like that? It's really good. Jessica. Show title, regional manager, LinkedIn title, IBM Alliance sales manager at Box. Also, total sense. Yeah. Lastly, Mark, fitness instructor, and LinkedIn title, trainer at Solstiosity Fitness Buckhead. I don't, th- I, w- I never, you know, made him out to be a liar. If he was a fit, if he was a trainer, I expected, that's exactly <laughs> what I expected of him. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, you know what I mean? yeah. He wasn't just working at the gym. He's an honest man. Raised right. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Oh my God. I know. I want to. You are so crazy. Oh, how am I so? I know. Julie, I've never connected to a show like this in my life except for Big Little Lies. <laughs> Seriously, no disrespect to Reese, but that's how I feel. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like, generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically, when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. 
Okay, I feel like in an effort to try to keep us a little bit organized, let's get into first a discussion on Diamond and Carlton and then Jeannie and Damien because there's just a lot to say. Yes. Okay. I have to tell you something about this whole Diamond and Carlton thing. When it was actually happening in the real episode, which you obviously know by the pool and stuff, I feel like her thing was she felt like she was left in the dark, right? Like she felt like he wasn't, uh, he, he wasn't forthcoming in the beginning. It was a huge part of his identity, not one that she had a problem with, but one that she would have wanted to know. And I think he felt like, you know, it took it, it was understandably a little bit scary to say. I didn't know how you were going to react. And I should have told you sooner, but I'm telling you now. And I think he felt wildly unsupported. Wasn't her intention, but that's kind of how it came across. It made her look bad. It then made him look bad by the way he was treating her after. And it kind of, that scene just did them both yeah, yeah, zero, dirty, like yeah. just did them both dirty. And I really, maybe I'm totally off here. I was expecting in the reunion for Carlton to come in kind of guns blazing and being like, you know what? You know, if you can't, if you weren't going to accept me, I don't want anything to do with you kind of thing. That's how, that was, I felt like he was so pissed and it was so not that. He was so kind of wanting to make amends and, right? Well, I think something that's important to remember about the show is that they've all had a full year to sit on this. Like, had this been really raw and it was like, okay, the wedding's happened and then a month later, the reunion's happening. That's probably what would have happened. They had a full year to like calm themselves down and think about themselves and listen to people's reaction from, like not a year to listen to re- people's reaction from the show, but to kind of relive that. And then they had a little while to listen to people's reactions from the show, sit on that for a little while and then do the reunion. So had the emotions been like really raw and fresh, that's probably what would have happened. But because it wasn't, it, w- it, all, it would have made them look both worse to have a full year have gone by and then made that le- really abundantly clear that it's been that long since the show and still have that much anger towards each other. Right, and she said like we, talked about this like we want to be we spoke about this before we came here like we want to be civil and then he gets down on one knee and for a second I thought he was proposing and I was like don't do it don't don't fucking do it do not do it but he said you know I went in the pool I got the ring and I thought the old lady threw it into the ocean that's, you have to mean that well Julie. baby I went down and got it for you I know and you have to mean Julie said that to me this morning have. I was like you need to make that a meme and she was like, I, I felt like, I was so proud of them, is, I guess what yeah, I mean. I guess I was sitting there like, there. wow, a lot of growth there. And they were both so, like, you could visibly see how uncomfortable they were watching that clip. Oh, yeah. I think that, I think that they were both, like, not in a place where it was going to work out for them. Like, I think that he handled it so poorly in the sense that he should have, like, been honest with her and I think that she was never fully in it and I think that it just gave her an out and I think that he handled it so poorly in the aftermath of the way he treated her and the way he spoke to her that it was like okay fuck it I was right about you all along yeah and I think that she to be honest like I totally understand she was processing she felt like she was in the dark but I I do think that there was a a sense or at least a palpable sense of like empathy or compassion that was lacking like, I felt like she wasn't yes. understanding in the moment the magnitude of what he was trying, what he was saying and how how much it took for him to say that and, and like, you know, express such an important part of his identity. And she made it about her kind of. And I, I don't know. I, I'm not judging. I think the whole situation is really hard to do well in. But that was my immediate thought. I was like, wait, why are you upset? Like, yeah. give him, like, give, let him have his moment of, like, really emoting about this. Her quoting Beyonce on the way out was, like, one of the more cringeworthy things I've ever seen. Even this, the second time was way worse. The first time I was like, what are you doing? And then the second time I was like, oh, my God. I was like, Beyonce should sue her. It was, yeah, that was just, I wanted it to end. Like, I just wanted that to end. I, yeah, I wanted it to end so badly, but it kept going. Like, she quoted the whole song. She quoted that whole chorus of the song, or the beginning of the song. No, she wasn't stopping. She was committed to it. She, it was Coachella for her. Yeah, she was committed to the motherfucking cause. It was Coachella. Yeah. It was literally the halftime performance. Beyonce literally did that song originally, in Lemonade, full Yeezy. And yeah. she re-quoted it by the pool in Cancun or wherever they were on <laughs> Love is Blind. Like, Beyonce didn't ask you to do that shit. I would have I would have just rather her come out and like belted unfaithful from like by Rihanna. Like I would have done a medley of songs. Yeah, yeah, I so agree. It was it was a poor choice. Also, they weren't married. They weren't married. Also, it's like you ain't married to no average bitch boy. I was like, yeah, Beyonce and Jay-Z were married. You guys were engaged for six minutes. Did you notice that he was wearing a call her daddy hat? Yes. <laughs> 
I was dying. Yeah. What an amazing promo. Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Amazing promo for them. I just— That's a recognizable fucking hat, by the way. It's so recognizable. There was so much there. And honestly, you know what I mean? When push comes to shove, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him for speaking his truth. Yes. I'm proud of both of them for recognizing that they handled it so poorly— I don't think they should be together because I think it's toxic. And I just think that— I hope he finds someone, I hope he finds someone. I I hope hope she finds finds someone. someone. I hope they're all happy. But I don't think it's with each other. No, definitely not with each other. Hard no for each other. Hard no. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Okay, you ready for Giannina and Damien? I am. I was fucking born ready for this shit. So let's start by saying, truly, if you asked me the couple that I saw the least together, it was them. Honestly, more than Jessica and Mark. I know that sounds kind of crazy. I more than Kelly and Kenny. What do you mean? Like you, you. I mean, less than Kenny and Kelly. You think that you no, saw them not, the least I together? Don't saw, no, no, I don't mean like I physically saw them on screen. No, even connection wise. Ke- well, no, first off, wait. Kenny and Kelly were complete strangers. Wait. They met in Mexico. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I thought. I thought. <laughs> Maybe I'm naive. I kind of thought Kenny and Kelly were like both okay with this like bland life. Like, I, I thought, thought they were too, but I, thought, I still didn't see a connection there. I thought, but I thought that that connection that they had was the extent of either of the connections either of them were going to have with anybody. Like, like, sure. I thought, yeah. like I thought it was like, you know what? It seems great. You're happy. If you're happy, I'm happy. Yeah. Like that's kind of how I felt it. Although her reasoning, what she said to him in bed was very different, by the way, than what she said to the cameras. Like when she said to him in bed, you know, I have just had a really hard time orgasming kind of thing, and I want to save that. Like, why would we mess up such a good thing? Which, that was by a the, weird which, excuse, by the way. By is the like way. A hilarious kind of way to phrase it. And then to the camera, she was like, I just don't feel that kind of sexual pull. Like, I don't just want to jump on him. That's another line that I want girls to start using. Like, if a guy wants to have sex with them, to just, to just be like, I just don't think I'm going to orgasm anyway. Like, I, I just don't. So, right. like, I just don't, like, don't think it's worth it to even try. I've kind of done that. <laughs> Like, it's kind of relatable. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just, just not worth it. Just but, like, like, in a full relationship. Like, let's just not have sex for the whole relationship. It's just not worth oh, it. Oh, for the whole relationship, no. But I've been like, listen, I'll just give you head. Just, like, figure me. I'm going to come like that anyway. You know what I mean? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I think we've all been it's there. It's a good thing your dad doesn't listen to this. Thank God. He didn't watch the show yet, either. Um, wait. Hold on. Back to uh, Jeannie and Damien. So... What I meant by seeing them like together less is that I felt I was so confused as to how any of this happened, mostly because I found Damien to be so just monotone. Like I kind of was like, I kind of felt for a second like he was a place filler. And I know that sounds really negative, but I don't really mean it to be that way. I just think that his personality isn't one that can be conveyed that well via reality television. Whereas someone like Lauren, who's so bubbly, who's so kind of, you know, in your face in the best way possible, will always do well on a show. Yeah, but I also think that when you're with somebody like Giannina, then you need to have somebody who can balance her out by not being so. He did, and as a result— 
And listen, I would say this to her, like if we were talking to her, I she was one of the best parts of the show. She was so entertaining, but her thought processes were not the most rational at times, no, or like of ever. Of course not. And I think, ever. and because, but in her defense, because of his level of kind of like monotony, it made her look crazier. Yes. Do you know what? Because she wasn't coming at it with an equal partner who was fighting her back. It looked like she was, you know, going off and he was kind of sitting there like a wall. Which is so frustrating. Like, it makes it seem like that's, you're right. Right. Because it makes it seem like she's crazy because she's fighting and he's not doing anything. And it's like, he's not doing anything. Why are you doing it? But it's so frustrating when you're trying to explain something to somebody who's so indifferent. And that's when you get mad. That's what I mean. Because it's like arguing with a wall and they're not doing anything back. And you're like, why aren't you fucking like, at least yell at me back. It would make more sense. It's so true. I mean, I knew that this was going to be, I knew from the second they were on that yacht in Mexico, all's going well. And he's like, you know. Do you remember this part? He's like, you know, I'm just so kind of, like, it's it's such a dream here, and I'm so upset that we have to go back to reality, which is, like, the most normal thing to say ever. Like, I feel like every person has said that on a vacation anytime they've been on one. And she's like, what are you hiding from in reality? And he's like, nothing. I'm just, like, really happy to be here. You know, like, job, home life. She's like, no, what are you running away from? And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was like, so wild. I was sitting there. Those are the what moments. was your favorite fight? I have a clear answer. Obviously the sex one. No, my favorite, not between the two of them, between any of the couples. Oh, oh wait, don't, don't, let me answer that myself. Um, can you give me a hint as to yours? No, I want you to say yours. It's not a hint as to mine. I think the sex one with Janine and Damien, for sure. That was we'll an amazing one, in one yeah. second. Amazing, cinematic, fucking genius. Um... Literally, the notebook is shaking. It's shaking. Agreed. Um, and I think uh, Jessica and Mark, when she, when he is comforting her after she just drunkenly says how much she wants to fuck Barnett, and he's like, "No, no, it's okay." What the fuck? Mine was uh, mine was a Jessica and Mark one too, but it was when she he, when he was like they were talking about their families and he's talking about his mom. And she's like, I fucking get it, okay? I fucking get you love your mom. Like I'm like chill, let the kid love his mom. He's 24. Like you can't let him like literally. Was, that was the craziest thing to me. He was like he literally mentioned his mom once. And she's like, oh my god, I fucking get it. I fucking get it. Your mom. And we're like, what? I, you're so right. Imagine if a guy said that to me and my dad. I, well, I said that to you. Yeah. I was like, I hope everyone just handles that with you from right now. Like, yeah. Fine, we get it. Your dad. Yeah. I, I would fucking kill them. I would, yeah. Wait, hold on for one second, though. Back to Jeannie and Damien, okay? That countertop fight really was one, if you, like, what I want to say to people is that even if you have never watched the show, if you're kind of debating whether or not to watch it, watch that one clip and you will be sold. I agree. She, you know, her whole thing was that her butterflies were lost. She was trying to get the butterflies back, which, like, was so funny because it ended up being like she was on this quest for this like animal. You know what I mean? Like she, it was so funny. But she like bought caterpillars and yeah, like water literally, water yeah, exactly. And she, they basically have this fight, which I, I know you guys all know. I'm just refreshing your memory. Where she, he's like, "What is it? What is it?" And he's sitting in the bedroom, and she's sitting in the kitchen. They're not looking at each other. There's a wall in between them, which was bizarre, but actually seemed to be a trend with the couples that because they were so used to pod living, they communicated better via a wall. I'm referencing Mark and Jessica's wall date. Yeah. Which, like, imagine you're actually married to someone and, like, you get into a big fight and it's like, you know what? Let's just handle this like adults. And you each, like, take a side of the wall. Like, that's what I feel like happens in their fight. see that happening to me. <laughs> yeah. With, with you, that one a thousand percent that happened. But it actually seemed really logical to me. I was like, yeah, just, yeah, just go into the other room and then talk through the wall like adults. That's so true. Um... And she says she's like I would text from another room. You in the would house. text from another room. I know, I know I was you just would. There. I would. I would. I would go downstairs and text for them. You upstairs. would, and I would lock the doors and be like, "No, we're talking about this right now." But she, she says to him, "You know how you always tell me this is the best sex of your life? You notice how I never say it back? <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! The burn felt round the world. There was a knife in my chest. I wonder what the sex is like now. I mean, it's all I wonder about. Literally, one of the reasons I we need to have her on here." I just, yeah. She's a firecracker. Yeah. She's, you know, I have to be honest. Like, of course it's the best sex of his life, though. That's what I'm saying. Whose fault is that? Like, you shouldn't be so good in bed then. Of course, exactly. Don't make him be better. Put yourself down a little bit. No, shit. You know what? He was never going to keep up. Let's just be honest in that regard. I don't blame him. He would need, like, an Adderall and, like, a lot of of stuff. Pre-workout. Yeah. He would just need to, like, also, I think smoking weed would be great for him if he doesn't already. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so for everybody. everybody. Yeah, that's kind of just like a general. But that fight, I think, to me, was really like, 
was one of the moments where I was like, wow, this is real shit. You're not just fighting about like Jessica and Mark's not being able to match her physical stuff with her pod stuff. Yeah. This is like, I want to come kind of thing. Yeah, that's when it's real. That's when it's real. You want to come, it's real. You know what, Julie? You're so right. Because then you go back to the other one that we were talking about before. Of like, you know what? It's just easier anyway. Which is not Poor even good Kelly, for Kelly, like, what if what if Kenny would have made her come like crazy and she'll never know? That's what I was thinking. She she literally knocked. It's like, don't knock it before you try it. But do it one time at least. It could have been literally the greatest experience of her whole life. It could have been like, oh my God, this is the reason I haven't come once in my whole life. I was waiting for Kenny. <laughs> oh, Julie, Julie, Julie. But I felt like he wanted to say on the reunion and couldn't when he was like, I'm in the best relationship of my life. I've never been happier. I literally felt like he wanted to look at her and be like, like and make- by the way, I make that bitch come every night. <laughs> You know what I mean? And by the way, I make her come just from penetration. <laughs> Take that, Kelly. No clit stimulation here. Yeah. It's like, that is truly how I felt. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. By the way, remember how in the beginning Jessica and Mark wouldn't have sex? Yeah. Then they did. And then they did. We didn't hear enough about that. Yeah. Well, the thing with Jessica is that I almost felt like she was going to marry him in the end because I felt like she was just like too stubborn to be like, no, it's actually not working. And he was like, obviously like blind. And he was like, I felt like there was a genuine possibility that they would have gone through with it. Really? Yeah. Well, I feel like that's why they had sex in the first place. She obviously wasn't into him. She obviously never felt that way. She was just trying to prove a point to herself Mm -hmm. and everybody else. She wanted to try it. I think also seeing the other couples was really triggering for her. Like, forget about Barnett. Like, I think seeing even Lauren and Cameron so in love, it's like, shit, I want this to work. I want this to work. Lauren and Cameron are really in love. I'm happy for them. Julie, I would watch anything they put out. I love her. I love her dad. I thought that her mom made her dad. Before I met the dad, I was like expecting him to show up with a shotgun the way that the mom was describing him. She was like, you watch out for Lauren's dad. He's re- like, remember, he's, she's scaring the living yeah, shit out of the camera. he was so nice. He was so nice. He loved his daughter. Uh, and then when Cameron's crying because he loves her and the dad loves her and they both love her. That and was that was good. He's like, of course I love Lauren's dad. I mean, he, she's so much like him and he loves Lauren. Like, that was so beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Cameron is a real stand-up man. Yes. Cameron is the kind of guy that Kelly friend zones and then looks at him across the couch and is like, you know something? That was a damn mistake. Well, I think that it was honestly hard to tell Cameron and, and Kenny apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were the same person. They were very similar. Yeah. Very similar. I totally agree. Also, what was kind of bizarre, who knew that Damien and Lauren dated so much? Yes. For, for, yes. Those, for anybody that was like losing their minds when Damien and Lauren are doing the Star Wars voices that they did in the pods on the uh, on the reunion, I was but on your page. But that's my whole point is like, had the pods been longer and had you seen the connections formed with other people, that would have made Mexico so dramatic. Mm-hmm. It would have made it so dramatic for them all to be the only person that it was felt dramatic for was um, Jessica. Mm-hmm. But if I had known that fucking Damien and Lauren had a connection and it would have been awkward for Damien, Lauren, and Cameron to all be there, I, that would have made it so much better. Yes. Jessica and Amber and Barnett really, I think, stole the show in that regard. Yeah. That wasn't fair. I wanted to see them all duke it out on that public beach in Mexico that I can't believe they sent them to. Yeah, what? It looked like where Sean and Camilla would have been vacationing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, wait. Also, what do you think about this fan theory that Vanessa and Nick were added after the fact? Well, why don't you explain the theory? There is this conspiracy theory, and it came off from the fact that while Vanessa and Nick did a really good job, they were relatively uninvolved in the show, with the exception of showing up randomly to kind of explain what was going on. Once or twice. Once or twice. And people said, like, they think the show was either hostless or um, they recognized the fact that these contestants— the show happened, was filmed in 2018. So they recognized that nobody was going to be able to do press about it because the secret wasn't yet out as to who was together or not. And they needed a, so a they needed, real face. They needed a real face, which is why they, this is the theory, which is why they added Nick and Vanessa at the end. What do you think about that? I don't know if it's 100% correct, but I think that would make sense as to why they're in it so little because they could have played like a really big Chris Harrison part where it's like, okay, instead of it being, what's his face? who talked to them and was their emotional Rory. couch. Rory. That should have been, like, <laughs> Vanessa should have Don't been. Don't take my job, Joy. <laughs> Vanessa should have been in with the girls at the end of the dates. They should have gone back to her. They should have reported to her. She should have been their guide. And Nick should have been that for the boys. That would have been such a perfect role for them in such a perfect way. Instead of them being like, oh, 
They're in, they're in Mexico. Mm-hmm. But I, then it's like, did they fly them down to Mexico just to reshoot a scene so that they could be in it? Well, no. I mean, what they would, what they, if that's true, like total hypothetical, because I don't necessarily think it is. But if it was true, I, I don't think it is, is, what, is my opinion. But if it were true, I think um, they would have had a filler there, which they do all the time in reality shows, so that the contestants were looking towards them. And then they just reshot it themselves. You know what I mean? Like Neck and Vanessa then did that, that exact shot with no one there. And you couldn't tell that it was off because they were already looking in that direction because they had fillers there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's it's a really interesting point. I think it would make sense, but I don't think it happened. But I'm I don't know if it happened. I'm not, I just think that honestly, what I think is that Netflix kind of were like, let's throw some shit at the wall, see what sticks, and they didn't recognize this was going to be one of their biggest shows ever. And now, you know, looking back, if they're gonna if they're gonna do another season, which if there is a god, they will. Maybe Nick and Nessa will play more of a role. And also, might I add, I don't even know if a second season could ever be as fulfilling as the first because any contestant going into the second season would have some idea as to what was going to go on. This was uncharted territory. They kind of went in and were like, let's just do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Yeah. This one was. There was just, I mean, even if they go in now, it's still kind of uncharted territory because you have no idea how it works still. Or they could change up everything. They could make the pods longer next time. They could make the, I don't know. Well, if you guys are listening, the people behind this, we think that would be amazing if we got some real, like a substantial amount of episodes dedicated to just the pods. Let's say the series was set up, was split up into like three different sections. I want to, we will not be bored by those pod interactions. No, not right at now. all. I want to see them. I want I want Barnett with his ukulele. And then we want that honeymoon phase or whatever it was, the trips. Have that be more. T- you know, give us more. Give us more about the interactions with the other couples. You know what else was funny? Like, why'd they have to live in the same apartment complex? Yeah, wasn't that they bizarre? They didn't even, like, interact. That was kind of bizarre. Nothing. That's the reason this show worked is because nothing made sense. It was so good. It was so good. It was so bad it was good. That's what it was. But Lauren and Cameron are really the the one testament of this whole thing of like, you know something? If there was one diamond in the rough. Yeah, it's them. I agree. I see it for them. Fully. Listen, at the end of the reunion, when Vanessa and Nick said, raise your hand if you think love can be blind, every single person raised their hand because I genuinely think every single person there felt like they were in love. Yeah. But I think love is a really relative term in this case. Yes. I mean, yeah. What do you think, people were asking this in the Patreon group, like, what do you think now that these people have become kind of famous, quote, do you, which of them do you think are going to really take that and run with it, and which do you think want to kind of fade into the background? Well, listen, here's the thing. There's no one on the show, in my opinion, that has a sustainable level of fame. In the sense of, like, I will be fascinated by Lauren and Cameron for the next five to eight business days. And if they do nothing else, I'll move on to the next thing. Our attention spans do not support anymore people's fame. And I think that a lot of people get this, like, their little one minute of fame and they want to run with it. So I could see Lauren and Cameron doing that reality show because they want to run with it. I can see Jessica trying to do something, like Jessica's search for love. But is it sustainable for any of them? I don't know. Want to know who it's sustainable for? Do you Giannina, want to know? You yeah. think? Giannina. Yeah, I is think going, she's the breakout star from the show. I agree. She's the breakout star. And I mean that, and I really mean that with no disrespect to Lauren because Lauren is in a category of her own. Like, she's, to me, she's angelic. Like, really, I think she's in a category of her own. And if they had a lifestyle brand, I would watch her and Cameron renovate houses. Whatever they wanted to do, I'm in it together. Oh, I'd love to watch them flip a house. Oh my God, I'd love that. But I'm saying, mm-hmm. like, a Chip and Joanna style type situation. Yeah. But I'm saying on a solo, just who is going to be their own like influencer type thing with with regard like disregarding their relationship on the show? I really think Giannina could, is going to do it. I would like to see her do it. She is fascinating to watch. Do you think it's sustainable though? I don't know, as sustainable as anyone else. That's why TikTok's so crazy. It's so much more sustainable than anybody expected. Yeah. I know all roads lead back to TikTok, but it is. It is. Cr- no one expected these like little stars to then be sustainable stars. Being a sustainable star is not easy. It's really easy to get famous. It really is. It's not easy to stay famous. No, I think it's a lot of hard work. It's one of the reasons we never wanted to get or stay. Nope. You never get. You don't have to worry about staying. That's, That's my motto on pretty much everything. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so true. Um, okay. Are there closing thoughts that you want to mention? Um, I, was there any big moments you think we forgot about? 
I mean, the whole show had so many big moments. I could do this podcast for 17 hours. I'm talking like, you know, I'm trying, I'm reading through some of the Patreon questions to see. Oh, favorite couple and why? Lauren Cameron. Lauren There's no Cameron. question. It has, to, it has to be. I mean, I it just, I think they have such a profound level of respect for each other. Are they the most interesting to watch? No. But like, in the long term, you don't necessarily want the most interesting to watch. No, you they're want the, the most sustainable. Couple. Yeah, they're they're my favorite. Yeah, definitely. But throw you know Jeannie and Damien on a show. I'll also Jeannie watch that. and Damien could have a show as a spinoff because they aren't married. Mm-hmm. Like now, it's like where where did they leave off? I think Lauren and and Cameron would be really good at having a show where like they are helping other people with their relationships or they're doing something together. Not the show being about their life, which they could do. You know a moment we didn't talk about that's become the most viral moment of the show? The mm. obviously I'm Nick Lachey. Oh my God. Wait. When Julie found, I was walking back from a facial last night and Julie texted us and she was like, holy shit, you guys are going to die. She got the screenshot in one minute of Nick Lachey commenting on Chrissy Teigen's picture making reference to the obviously Nick Lachey line and that was the highlight of my week. That was the best. Oh my God. You know what's funny? That we, I think we forget to say in interviews sometimes or when people ask, like, they ask about, like, the novelty of things wearing off. A good comment never wears off. I never, ever, ever get sick of it. Ever. I was so excited seeing that. I am so much more excited by a good comment and a really funny comment and a culturally relevant comment than, like, somebody following us or other things. I was standing on the corner of 87th and Lex, like, ferociously texting you waiting for yeah. you to send it. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't get old. I have to say— um, Okay, just in his defense for one second, is there any world that he was saying obviously Nick Lachey as like, obviously I'm her husband or it was totally like... I think he, like... I think it was like, okay, you know we're the host. Like if it's it's Vanessa, obviously then I'm Nick. You know what I mean? Like there's two people, you know that. It just came off so weird. And it was one of those moments, I think, where everyone thought it was a little weird, where like you said to yourself, you're like, why do you say that? Like it seemed like a, like a little like, I don't know. But then it wasn't until everyone started talking about that. You were like, yeah, I thought that was weird too. Yeah, it was And like then so, it made it so much weirder. Yeah, once someone else noticed it and like acknowledged it, then you felt like you had permission to feel the way about it that you did. But his ability to like play it up is good. Well, now it's over. Like now it's now he's not shouldn't be embarrassed for it. No, because now but it was such a weird moment. It, it was, was like such a weird moment. Lachette. Yeah, and then when he like doing it in the reunion was also amazing. Yeah, because like it just showed his self awareness. Yeah, it was perfect. It was perfect. God damn, I love the show. Do you think they were always expecting to do a reunion, or do you think they only decided to do it once they saw how successful the show was? Once they saw how successful the show was, I think so too. I think they had no plans, and they were like, holy shit, we did not think that it was going to come to this. Which is why it was kind of thrown together. Yeah. You know, that reunion could have been two hours, no problem. Mm-hmm. No problem. I think they're still underestimating how much people cared about the show. Yeah, they are. Really, bottom line of all this, I need Jessica in a room. Yeah. Like, I just need Jessica one-on-one with me. I have a lot of questions to ask her, not from a judgmental place. I think she has a good heart, but I think she really went through hell and back. And this was probably the biggest growth for her of anyone. I really feel that way. Yes. I think she can't believe that that happened to her. I agree. Yeah. I also think that it's really interesting to look at these shows and, like, what makes one successful over the other. Like, The Circle on Netflix was, like, a big thing for a little while, but it never reached viral ability like this. Versus, like, there are so many other shows where it's like, how do you know what's going to be successful? You don't, I know. You know what's fun on Netflix now that they've started doing is that they'll show you, like, the top 10 trending shows or things on Netflix. So it'll tell you, like, this is the number one trending so it's like, you know that every single other person's talking about this now. Well, that's probably good for me because I like to watch things yeah. that I understand memes. And like, yes. you know what I mean? I can understand humor, I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. And it changes. Like, it's not like these are the top 10 and stationary. Yeah. It's like the ones yesterday were different than the ones today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a ride. Time in my life. I'm sad it's over. I'm so sad it's over. I wouldn't take back a minute. I'm doing anything for a season two, although it'll never be the same. But would you want season two to follow them, or would you want season two to be a whole new whole new cast of characters? Whole new cast of characters. Absolutely. All new. Yeah. For Jessica's sake, I can't watch her again. Like, I want her to just take this time to self-reflect. But if they did it following the others, I wouldn't be mad about it. Oh, Oh, what do you think? I'm going to be mad. Who am I to be mad? If they're going to take me into Janine and Damien's bedroom, you think I'm going to be mad? No, but I would love to see some new people at this. Same is how I feel. Anyway, you guys, if you couldn't tell, this was a highlight 
And I'm so grateful for the experience. Thank you to Netflix. Thank you to Nick and Vanessa. Thank you to everyone involved. Um, Stop. (laughs) Just stop. Um, Next Monday, we have our episode with Justin Long as our co-host, which we're so excited about. So we will see you then. We love you guys. Thanks for sticking with us through this really chaotic episode. Bye.